everybody. Welcome back to another episode of First and Ten. Today, Adam and I will be doing you the great honor of bringing you our week one recap. So happy football's back. I don't want to waste any more time. You know who we are. You know what we do. Let's get into it. Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this game. Go ahead. Um. Well, long story short, the Cowboys, I think, I, I wouldn't say shocked us. I think it was more the Buccaneers. Like, I don't know. The, this Cowboys offense showed that they're a top five offense in the league and that they're going to keep them in games no matter what. Um, on the defensive side of the ball is what I think was more surprising as the Dallas Cowboys defense. They weren't great, but they did. They, they made big plays when they needed to to get keep the Cowboys in the game. The first half. The only reason the Cowboys were in the game is because on back-to-back possessions, they forced a fumble on Ronald Jones, then they picked off a tipped pass by Leonard Fournette. Both those plays were um, they were game changers, and they kept the Cowboys in the game, giving them the ball in their, the Bucks red zone two times in a row. Um, other than that, I think this game, it was, it was an exciting one. Couldn't have asked for a better way to uh, open the season, even though I know at least I was rooting for the Cowboys, so... It's a bit upsetting, but it, it, it was a hell of a game. No, I, I like that point. Like, they did play smart defense. Ben, don't break defense. Like, obviously, they lost the game, but it was just a classic Tom Brady, 45 seconds on the clock game-winning drive. You know, Exactly. You, you, you can't Brady get him. that upset about them not being able to stop that. It's more, like you said, forcing turnovers in key spots. The other thing they did really well for once was stopping the run. Mm-hmm. This was a major problem they had last year against really good rushing teams like Baltimore and Cleveland. They were held uh, both running backs to under four yards of carry. And while Fournette and Ronald Jones aren't superstar uh, power nose football backs, it's still impressive and it shows significant improvement. The biggest uh, thing for me was Dak and Zeke. Dak looked a lot better than I thought he was going to. Not because I don't think Dak's a good player, but I just I thought he'd be a little bit slower and that front seven would slow him down. But that was absolutely not the case, and I thought Zeke would look a lot better than he did, and Zeke disappointed me once again. Uh, I really think that fantasy managers have to be worried about that. I, I, don't, I have him in a couple of weeks. I overreact after one week, especially with such a good Bucks defensive line. I think Zeke will be fine, but um, I mean that's fair. He was getting the the he was getting the volume, but he, I mean he was averaging two yards a carry. If you take away his one thirteen yard. Uh, rush. Yeah, He's yeah, you can't you can't take away a 13 yard rush. That's that 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 that, that doesn't do him justice. He ran the ball saying. 13 yards that play. But um, <laughs> all right. Well, we can. But I the one thing that um that Dallas did definitely wishes they could do differently is at least it's it's out of their control. But the Michael Gallup injury it was it's it's kind of sad because I think we all wanted to see Dak with his trio of wide receivers, trio of good, yeah. talented wide receivers. You had Amari over a hundred yards and CD over a hundred yards. The two tight ends, Jarwin and, um, and Dalton Schultz. Like th- this is just an, imp- such an impressive passing attack and they lost a pretty big piece of it. So yeah, and I, I, don't I think that think... I speak for the rest of the league when I want to see what this mm-hmm. Cowboys offense looks like at full strength. Yeah. I don't, I don't even, and, and we didn't even see them at their top, 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 because I think CD's, he he had good numbers, but when you're throwing the ball 15 times, you're going to have good numbers. He definitely struggled with drop dropping two or three passes. One of the interceptions the Bucks it, had though. was actually solely because of CD Lamb. Ball hit him in the hands. He should catch that. But um, all due respect, uh, one interesting thing I thought about this game is uh, Micah Parsons. While he didn't have a terrible game, he was third on the team in tackles. He had a pass deflection and a QB hit. You could just tell 
because at Penn State, Micah Parsons was solely used as mostly just an edge rusher. And when the Cowboys try and implement him into a sub linebacker type role, um, he he just he looks lost. And I think I think hope I, I hope for the Cowboys' sake over the course of the season that it improves because there were, there were some plays where he had no clue where he was supposed to be on the field, and it was his first game against one of the best passing attacks in the league. So I'll give him a break, but. Um, yeah, but I think he's a talented player. I think he's easily coachable. He seems like a hard worker. I don't think it. I I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't. I'm not too too concerned just yet. I'm, it's not that I'm concerned about him. I'm just saying, they the the the, the Cowboys need the defensive coverage side of him a lot more than the pass rush side of him right now. I mean that's fair, but they do have Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch who do. Uh, cover running backs and tight ends decently well. So I, I just think that even if he turns out to not be a pass coverage, it's just a matter of, sh- of just changing the defense around a little bit to suit everyone better. But I, that's a good point. He There was that one uh, play where he did absolutely look lost. Yeah, and that was just the one they highlighted. I, there were a few more. I was, yeah, I was right. on Twitter. But um, yeah, on to uh, the Sunday slate. We'll start with the Steelers versus the Bills, which I think could go in as the upset of the week. I mean, the Steelers were held scoreless in the first half. Um, yeah. After all my Steelers slander for them to come away this with this game. I think what we learned from this week is the Steelers defense is that good to win them games. Mm-hmm. Big Ben did nothing. Najee did nothing. No really explosive plays besides a 25-yard run from Claypool for the Steelers. Yeah. But yet, somehow they won this game by seven points because – their defense was able to get the job done. Their defense got stops. Their defense held one of the top quarterbacks in the league to under 300 yards. They forced two. They forced four total fumbles. They sacked him three times. Like it was a dominant performance, and it was a dominant coaching uh, performance, which is what I told. I tried to say when we were arguing about this in the uh, in the season prediction. Again, it's only week one, but the coaching is just. It's very intelligent with Mike Tomlin, and that, I also that think was evident. McDermott yeah. just got out coached, going forward on fourth and five, running, throwing it back five yards below, or uh, sorry, fourth and one, and tossing it to your halfback five yards behind the line of scrimmage versus just going for a more traditional play, just stuff like that. Like the the, the Bills shot themselves in the foot; they should have won that game. Yeah, and like you can say that. I also think a huge momentum shift was the uh, the blocked punt this game for a touchdown that the Steelers had. I think with no, that, no, that, no doubt, no doubt, game. I mean, I, I, I was just shocked to see the Steelers put up 17 points in the last quarter and somehow come away with this game. I'm shocked as much as I was upset about it, but I, I still think the Bills are going to be a top team in the league this year. I think this will teach them a lot, and I think they'll have to learn from this one because you're going to have to – it It was a lot – it wasn't – it was – It was. I, I guess you could say it was coaching. I think Sean McDermott's a very good coach, but I think – it's a lot of the little things that lost the Bills this game in the second half, and I don't think it was like solely Josh Allen's play. No, 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 hundred percent. Like, yes, Josh Allen could have been better, but yes, there could have been better play calls as well. Um, it, yeah, that's I, really, I, yeah, that's really my thoughts on the upset. Um, on to New York versus Carolina. Sam Darnold game. turning into a game that some may say was personal for him. Um. I'm gonna be honest. This game was just a snooze fest all around. Two, <laughs> two bottom tier NFL teams duking it out, and I guess you could say a defensive battle or which offensive line could somehow give their quarterback more than three seconds to pass the ball. And Carolina was better, but still not great about it. 
Yeah, uh, Zach Wilson. They lost Mackay Becton in the second quarter. Um, Not looking good. He's likely out for the year. Zach Wilson was sacked six times for 51 yards. And a long – dude – I don't know if you were watching that game, Mitch, but it was it was it was night and day. There would be one play where Zach Wilson would make a great throw, and the next play his receiver will be wide open with no one within yards of him, and he'll just airmail him. And I'm gonna be honest, that's been the story of the Jets for the past five years. Like the airmails, yeah. It's just been inconsistency. Um, the receiving game, it's still confusing. I I I'm happy Corey Davis is a big part of this offense because I was hoping that going into the year i thought that was a good sign for them but mm. outside of Corey davis it's really like who's that wide receiver too they have braxton barrios then they have mims who barely saw the field then they have elijah moore who they drafted this year they drafted in the second round and is not doing much i mean it's only one week but i don't know this team was concerning to watch i think the jets are going to be terrible this year i don't like yeah, they're gonna be absolutely horrible but i was impressed with zach wilson he came out there and in the first half was just absolutely atrocious being held scoreless in the first half had like a sub 40 percent completion percentage through the pick and i'm not saying by any means he was great i'm not saying he was like i don't know i was just i was impressed at the fact that this young quarterback who got sacked six times was able to come back and have a uh and throw and even just throw two touchdowns that that one play on the run yes Corey davis uh for Corey davis's first touchdown like yeah he was wide open but he had pressure in his face rolls outside the pocket throws across his body and delivers a dime just little things like that it was impressive but i you know it's very 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 possible and honestly i would say it's probably more likely than not that the jets stunt his development and make him bust again and so basically repeat their formula with Sam Darnold. You yeah, can't have a franchise quarterback be sacked six times against the Carolina pass rush. Come on. Yeah, the issue with the Jets is just their offensive line is so atrocious. Elijah Vera Tucker did not look great, and just the rest of their line was terrible, and that's why every year the Jets just have no run game. Like, you see most teams in the league can use some no-name running backs and make them somewhat relevant. I mean, look at what the 49ers did last week. But the Jets have Tevin Coleman and Michael Carter and just can't seem to get anything done year after year. I mean, they ruined Lev Bell's career. If you remember a few years ago, Matt Forte went to the Jets and his career ended. It's just the Jets ruin every single running back. (laughs) I think you could say they ruin more than the running backs. But, yeah, I mean, this is – Well, yeah, it's more highlighting how atrocious their run game is year after year. And it doesn't look like that will be changing this year. Um. It's we'll so talk about sad. the Panthers quickly. Um, Darnold looked good, it's, but it's once again, it's I, the Jets. I yeah. can't take. I can't. I, I take this win with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, McCaffrey still a workhorse. I mean, pass game and run game. Yeah, they still are just using him like crazy. Um, and yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what Carolina is able to do later on. But uh, on to. I'd say the most, you know, it's surprising that I don't. I, I'm speaking right now, and I'm not, not going to say the Jets were the most disastrous team of Week One, <laughs> because that has to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Urban Meyer looks completely lost on the sidelines of an NFL field. He's I don't I don't even know if he'll make it to midseason at the rate he looked last game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to stand here and tell. These people that Trevor Lawrence had a good game because he didn't. 
Like, listen, he had protection. He only got sacked once. He didn't get hit that much. Yeah. He had time to sit in the pocket. But he threw three interceptions? Yeah. Like, yes, he had three touchdowns and 330 yards, but he also threw 51 passes and barely completed 50% of them. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Trevor Lawrence looked good. And it was his first game, but he, he got outplayed by Tyrod Taylor and that Texans offense, and nothing tells me otherwise. Mm-hmm. No disagreement. No, I, I think you're right. The The biggest thing for – I think the biggest takeaway this game is the Urban Meyer thing, though. Like, I think that's a more glaring issue. Like, Trevor Lawrence, he's going to – he's – for all the dysfunction and the horrible – uh, offensive line and horrible defense. Like I'm not angry with him that he threw three interceptions. Like it's gonna happen. It's like you said, it's not great. I'm not gonna tell you he's a he's a great player, but it's more just the situational football. It's when you're only handing the ball off 14 times to Carlos Hyde and James Robinson, both of which who were having doing a nice job. And if you watch the game, like they were having success running the football, and they just stayed away from that. Which yeah, I, but the I, issue is that, that that's what you have to do when you're chasing down 20 points at halftime yeah. because your defense can't get a stop. And yeah. what I want to do is I don't think we gave this Texans offense, and I know it was just one game, but they deserve a bit more respect than people gave them in the preseason. I understand no Deshaun doesn't help, but they have one of the, if not the best running back trio in football. And I'm talking about in terms of depth with Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and Philip Lindsay, who all found their way into the end zone this week. Um, but – I think Tyrod Taylor, we, we forget, he went 4-1 and one on the Chargers last year. Like, yeah. Tyrod Taylor doesn't suck. And if he's able to manage these games, I'm not saying they're going to win a lot, but they're not as bad as they're sought out to be. I think they could have five, maybe six wins this year. Yeah, I mean, they're not going 0-17. Like, obviously, they, they can't now, but I – well, I mean, we'll see. People are now project, but I think it's possible that we said the same thing about the Jaguars last year, though, to be fair. Well, Jaguars when Jaguars came out, had a had a convincing victory over the uh over the Colts in Week One, and then just did absolutely nothing after that. So it is possible. And yeah, maybe this is a Week One overreaction, but in my opinion, the Texans will just be better than we expected. That that's all I think. All right, fair enough. Um, on, on to the next game. Uh, Cardinals Titans. Yep, I guess <laughs> I've been saying shocker every game. I think this one was the biggest surprise to me as. Yeah, the Titans just got slaughtered. I mean, Taylor Luan couldn't have worded it better himself. He just needs to be better. I mean, mm-hmm. and, that, and you could say that for the whole Titans offensive line this game. Yeah. Um, I think more of a bad loss for the Titans. I think this is a statement victory for the Cardinals because I think a lot of us had them third, fourth in the NFC West this year. This was this was impressive. I mean, they went up against one of the top offenses in the league. Some may say. From last season, and they I'm still the- not completely convinced though, because we know that the Cardinals obviously have a ton of talent. It's really the consistency issue, and it's and that all stems from Cliff, or that all hangs on uh, Cliff Kingsbury. This was a great, great game. Kyler came out had a obviously had an absolutely phenomenal game. They the defense is the biggest like was the biggest part for me. Like the biggest exactly. you have stopping Derrick really- Henry. Isaiah Simmons showing up, Buda Baker showing up, Chandler Jones showing up, Byron Murphy showing up, Jordan Hicks showing up. Even J.J. Watt came up with a big play on a first and goal with Henry. And then you you still have the players like a Marcus Golden or a Zavin Collins, Saban, not really sure. But I think the most impressive thing for me was being – most impressive slash concerning was that Derrick Henry had 
three two straight plays on the goal line on the one yard line got stopped. I mean, yeah, that is not the Derrick Henry we know. How does that happen? It's not. Um, exactly. Great, great victory for Car- uh, for the Cardinals. If they can continue like ride momentum from that, and if they can just even play half as good as they did, then it, it's definitely possible that this team wins that division. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, on to the uh, Chargers versus the football team. Um, from when I was watch, from what I watched in this game, it was just a sloppy game. I mean, yeah, it was one team goes down, gets in the red zone, maybe throws a pick, maybe fumbles out of the back of the end zone, nice punt return. Somehow they don't score points out of it, and that's just the story of this game. Uh, Herbert. Looked good. Didn't look great, but it's early. Um, yeah. I've, I'm sure having Eckler back is helping, even though they didn't really use him much in the past game. But um, Yeah, he wasn't targeted. That was concerning to see. I think the story of this Washington football team is just going to be their secondary this year. That's the one thing that might hold them back aside from their offense because their offensive line had a solid game against what many would call a very good pass rush. Um, yeah. I, I my favorite thing is Heineke always finds a way to get the job done. Yeah. Whenever he's called upon, he he doesn't disappoint. I'm I'm gonna let you speak on that. Well, I think that, um, I mean, I think you're right. He he lost the game, but he came out there and played his heart out, like we know he would. I mean, he's he's putting his body on the line. He's taking the like the biggest thing to inspire the team. That I mean, this is a common point but when you see the quarterbacks rushing and putting their bodies on the line and not just walking away you know once a play gets stuffed like when they are actually trying it gets the whole team fired up the locker room loves him chase young's a big fan of him it's just like you said i think they're they i'm not gonna say that they're in better hands with heineke than than uh fitzpatrick but i don't think that would be a crazy crazy thing to say like this this team likes him he has the talent, and he's got the mentality of the next man up. I'm just going to work, and I'm a big fan of the guy. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, 100% agreed. I'm a huge Heineke supporter. I loved what he did in the postseason last year. I loved what he did last week. And although they got the loss, I don't think the Washington football team fans should drop their head. I think even though they're losing Fitzpatrick for possibly the season, they should still keep their heads up. Yeah. Um, big game this week versus the Giants for them where – Hopefully they'll be able to take it from them for once. But aside from that, I think this this was over all around just a great game. I think it's what we expected. I think these are two sneaky teams this year that could make some noise. And um, I think for both teams, it was just just keep your head up. Yeah. On to uh, Philly versus Atlanta. Mm-hmm. This one was just uh, – This don't... was a blowout. It, it was it was bloody hell for the Falcons fans. I, I mean, was just not expecting this at all. It it, it it doesn't surprise me though. I think Jalen Hurts against a defense like this is going to tear them up nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely proved a lot of Jalen Hurts haters wrong, like myself. I mean, yeah, you've been. This is where you've deferred because you've been a big Jalen Hurts hater. I've been a big Jalen Hurts supporter, and. Yeah, watching him this week, it it just puts a smile on my face. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, but for the record, when I say like hater, I shouldn't say hate, I should say doubter because all of his passing metrics, like you know, I, I doubted him for good reason. His passing metrics were absolutely atrocious last year, and I'm not talking about yards and touchdowns that are like 
uh, correlated with the amount of time played. I'm talking about like good decision throws, accuracy, passer rating, completion percentage, like figures and statistics that aren't uh, re- directly related to the amount of time you've played. He was horrible in all these categories last year. So I'm really happy to see him turning it around. It's not like I'm not rooting for the guy. I that, I just want to get that out there because he looked incredible to against this defense. What the hell is Matt Ryan doing? Is this Eagles defense, like, is it good? Is it sneaky good? I or, guess, or is this, it's see... more of, is this Falcons offense just bad? I mean, I, they, I guess they were really missing Julio. <laughs> Never thought you'd be saying that, but um, seriously, I just think this is all around a concerning game for the Falcons. I, I don't, they I don't really have much to say. About. I don't yeah. really have any other way to yeah. put it, but maybe they should have drafted Penny Sewell for all we know. Yeah, I mean, and that's all really I really have to say. But when your QBs hit nine times in a game, let alone stack three, it's Especially an old guy, an older guy like Matt Ryan, he's not see, mobile enough to watch this game and stuff. So, I think I think I don't know the Falcons right now. I'm just giving them a big, huge question mark. That's all I have to say. Oh, I, I I didn't I I don't think they're I never thought they were going to be good, but I thought they were going to be able to eat the beat the Eagles. I really thought the Eagles would be beat the Eagles, let alone compete with them. No, exactly. Did you did, were you able to watch part of this game? Um, I didn't. I was watching Red Zone, so it, it, okay. the highlights came up, but. I was really impressed with Jalen Rager. Like we knew Devontae Smith was going to be good. I I've got a buddy who's an Eagles fan, and he kept telling me, "I know there's a lot of Jalen Rager hate." He's been saying this all summer. I know there's a lot of Jalen Rager hate. The guy's a dog. Just watch. He will get back to. He's not going to be probably. He's not going to be Justin Jefferson, but he's not the bust everyone says he is. And he came out and had a great game. Caught all six targets. Had a touchdown, which I I'm pretty. I'm a big fan of Jalen Rager because he's some uh, one that, someone that advocates for mental health among players a lot. He's someone that uh, I that I that I respect. Like again, I don't love him because he's some superstar, but I I do respect him. I'm rooting for him over you know more than anyone else on this Eagles team, and I'll be really happy if he can find a place to stay in Philadelphia. And it looks like he did a uh, he did a good job of starting that. So that was just something I wanted to include. Yeah, no, I I respect Jalen Rager. He was hurt a lot of last year. It's just. Maybe drafting him over Justin Jefferson wasn't the best decision. Um, yeah, but that's not his fault. That's the organization's fault. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I just hope he no. makes the best of uh, the of what he's been given. And like I said, it looks like he's on his uh, on track to do that. So good for him, man. Yeah, on to uh, one of two overtime games this week. We have the Bengals and the Vikings, and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm in love with this Bengals team. They're a hard. I, I get they're in your division, but they are a hard team for me to root against. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's all smiles when Joe Burrow comes back and completes almost all of his passes and throws for yeah. 260 yards, two touchdowns. Joe Mixon is balling. Jamar Chase proving all them haters wrong because he dropped a few balls in the preseason. T. Higgins coming yeah, out with Tyler game. Boyd. It, it was it was all smiles for me this week during the Bengals mm-hmm. win over the Vikings. Um, and that doesn't even mean the Vikings played bad. I mean. Kirk Cousins had a solid game. Dalvin Cook struggled a bit, but I'd say overall this this Vikings team didn't play terrible. It's just at the end of the day, the Bengals played better, and that's why they won the football. Adam Thielen with an absolutely fantastic game. I'm such a big Adam Thielen supporter, so that was fun to watch. It was definitely you know, it was a high-flying game, big offense, which is especially uh, 
Like when you look at the final score, 24, 27, you look at all the touchdown score. Is it, like, I think it's crazy to, uh, to think about how this game was scoreless going to the second quarter. Like not a, no one could strike, uh, could draw blood at first, but once they did, oh my God, it was an offensive, uh, sh- quite an offensive show and in overtime. That's always fun. I really thought that Cincinnati was about to lose in overtime again, like they did last year, but they managed to to get their shit together, and Joe Burrow looked really, really good. Coming and and good for the Bengals, man. I mean, this team, they, they they have a bright future if they can work some things out. I mean, they're I mean, often... Yeah, he sacked five times and still managed to win the game. Like, that's fuck, That's really impressive. <laughs> I agree, 100%. On to uh, San Fran versus the Lions, which was a bit closer of an outcome when we expect, you know... When it's 38-17 with two minutes to go in the game, you don't expect the final score to be 41-33, to but that's that's, yeah. the best, that's the game we got. We we had uh, two minutes left. Jared Goff puts the ball in the end zone. Recover a quick onside kick. Jared Goff. As if that's some like, easy thing to do. Jared Goff puts just, it in the end zone again. They get the ball back, and then uh, – Jared Goff got it down to like the 30-yard line, but uh, that was all he got down to. Um, I think overall, this I don't think this game was that concerning for the 49ers. I think they purely dominated this game when it really mattered, yeah. even with Mostert going down and no sermon. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell stepped up. Yeah. Uh, Garoppolo had a very good game. Well, no, Sermon didn't play a single snap this game. I know. Sermon was uh, injured. I don't know about that. I read somewhere that Shanahan the other day no, was Sir, saying that he needs inactive. to earn his spot if he wants to play. Yeah, but he, he was inactive. He was hurt, Mitch. Ah, alright. Um, but uh, yeah, Garoppolo, solid game. Um, the question for me was where was Brandon Ayuk? <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, idea. For my sake, for my fantasy team's sake, for San Francisco 49ers fans' sake, where was he? He was non-existent. He just went out on the field and ran for sixty or for yeah sixty minutes. Mm. Um, but uh, didn't even gain a target. That's how you know it was bad. Yeah, I was concerned, but um, this Lions team—they're not going to be good this year, but they'll be—they'll—they'll they'll actually probably be pretty bad. But it, it was nice to see their late game comeback, their late game push. I mean, Jared Goff really didn't look that bad. I'm going to be completely honest. in the second half. In the second half, yeah, that's fair. The first half, he had sixty-three yards and a pick. Okay, well, he, he you know, he definitely turns. He definitely. Yeah, but I feel like hey, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and give Jared Goff all this credit. When you score all these points in garbage time, your stats are going to look better. That's just how it is. I no, mean, that's true. I mean, that's the same. It's the same thing like Dak and uh, Tannehill and Big Ben against the Browns last year. Like, I, I see your point. When you're down thirty-eight to ten, they're. Their starters might not all be in at the time. Like, no, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not going to give Goff. He didn't look as bad as I thought he was going to. Yeah, I mean, we can say that. Um, again, I'm I'm not taking this with much, but I, I think I, – I hope because I'm a big Jared Goff fan, so I just hope that he can get his stuff together. But Fair enough. Yeah. All right. On to Seattle and Indianapolis. I'll let you speak first. Um. I'm going to mention something me and my dad were talking about on the couch during these games. Um, right. we, we, we were just wondering, like, why do these teams think that a player is going to be different now that they're on them? We, we, we talked about Jared Goff was not good on uh, 
was not that good on the Rams towards the end of his time there. So why was he going to be any good on the Lions? Same thing with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a bump. So why did the Colts think he's going to work out there? I mean, Because he has an offensive line for the first time in his life. Yeah, but even with that, I mean, he, he doesn't do anything special. He averages six yards a throw against the Seattle defense that is pretty lackluster, I'd say. Yeah, but we both know that Seattle defense was the highest scoring defense after week eight last year. It's definitely better than you're giving him credit for, and that's the only statistic where he looked bad in. He's completing 68% of his passes, two touchdowns, no picks, 250 yards. That's not a terrible game. With the Again, it's all about 27.5, Mitch. No, that's bad. You're right. You're right. But the passer rating's 100. Listen, so, you know, we, can, we can throw stats around all we want. But Mitch, Mitch, that, that bad. I could go play Colts quarterback and have three-yard dump downs the whole game. That means nothing to me. That means nothing. I'm sorry, right. Carson Wentz. I, I don't know what's wrong with it. I, I want to when he, you know when he throws it down the field and starts showing me that he is he can do that. Then I'll start believing. But until then, doesn't matter how good this Colts defense is. They're not going to win a lot of football games. Mm-hmm. And you know I can say that about every team in the AFC South because somehow <laughs> the Texans are leading that division after Week One right now, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, you got a point. But where does Russell Wilson go? He shows up, he absolutely balls out, and then he just disappears in the second half of the year. Yeah, no, no, no. He he checks out. As as they say in the NBA, when you get eliminated, it's Cancun on three. Russell Wilson's in Cancun by week eight. (laughs) Yeah, not really. He is checked out. But for the next three or four weeks, he's probably going to average four touchdowns a game, three touchdowns a game, and then he's just going to completely change. Yeah, I also just want to highlight Chris Carson's uh, fumble issues are still there as he fumbled once again <laughs> this week. Um, oh, my God. I cannot wait for the Chris Carson slander to stop. It, it'll never stop. I know it won't. He cost you something or other. I don't yeah. Know. I don't complain know. a lot. I forget what he actually cost you. But um, He's just a – he just doesn't have – he's not he doesn't have that good factor in him. He's not determined. He's averaging six yards to carry. Bug off. <laughs> yeah, but he fumbled. Yeah. What so do you have? Nick Chubb. I still love Nick Chubb. But we'll okay, get Nick Chubb has one fumble. Chris Carson, you'll get to like 30,000 by the end of the year. <laughs> 30,000. All right, you heard it here first, guys. Chris Carson is going to average 30,000 fumbles a game. All right, wait, is that per game or through the course of the season? Yeah, I'll, I'll give him the season. Okay, I mean, that seems fair. Like, yeah, like not but, a game, but like if you're that, on that, that would just be completely unreasonable. So for those of you keeping track at home, that means Chris Carson is going to fumble 1,764.7 times per game. So you heard it here first. Thank you guys so much for All right. listing that as well. I'll right, do Miami and New England. Yep. <laughs> a game we, of, we saw uh, the battle of two. boring ass game. Two lackluster QBs. Play two Bama QBs that won't work out in the NFL. Hopefully, or I'm not gonna say hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not praying on their downfalls. The Tua slander continues. God, you love. Tua slander continues as I, I. Who was the? It was. It was J.C. Jackson. Couldn't I? Couldn't have said it any better myself. If Tua doesn't have his first read, he carelessly throws the ball. And we actually saw that on a play late in the game in the second yeah. half where Tua had a ton of pressure on him. He ran outside the pocket. Just throw the ball away. Yeah. It's that simple. The decision-making is absolutely not there. I think he threw a pick there. Um, 
trying to think what do I have to say. These numbers are just not wowing me at all. He had 200 yards, a pick, a touchdown, a really horrible QBR. Like, he's just not Wait, that but let's guy. Honest, did, you, did you come here expecting to talk about Tua having good numbers? Like, come on. No, I mean, that's we, fair. We got to be realistic here. You're right. You're right. Um, Jalen Waddle looked good. Uh, yeah, he did have a nice game. Gasicki was uh, held to basically nothing. Um, but I guess that's what this Pats D is going to do it to do to you when you have Matt Judon, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, the linebacking core is elite. <laughs> um, but yeah, just it, 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 the Dolphins won this game, and it, it, <laughs> for all the slander, they they did win the football game. <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting that. And and that that's just kind of how this game was. You kind of forget that they won based off <laughs> how it looked, but um. Yeah, I don't have much more to say. Hopefully, for Dolphins fans' sake, Tua can figure his thing out. And yeah, I, I'm still worried about. I'm still worried about Tua. Like, I'm not like, oh, we won the game. You know, like all jokes aside, he did not look great this game. No. Moving on to, wow, what a game! I think for me, this was the surprise of the game, thirty-eight to three. Now, I just want to remind everybody before everyone starts uh, crapping all over Aaron Rodgers. What was the score of the Saints right. Buccaneers second game last year at? Do you remember off the top of your head? Um it might have been thirty eight to three. It was thirty eight to three. Who won the Super Bowl? Um, you tell me who won the Super Bowl. The Tampa Buccaneers. Bay Buccaneers, and they absolutely <laughs> obliterated Drew Brees in the divisional round. So all I'm saying is Aaron Rodgers is gonna win the Super Bowl. Absolutely confirmed. Now, with that out of the way, it's not pretty. The offense was just atrocious. Probably that's did. not really what I want to talk about. Aaron Rodgers probably played one of the worst games of his career. I believe that was his the worst game. The career. defense couldn't do anything. Jameis Winston can throw On for 140 yards. Years. He had five touchdowns. Jesus Christ! But um, yeah, that was just the story of the game for the Packers. Uh, I mean, Jameis Winston not turning the ball over for once. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The Packers. The possession was. Clearly in favor of New Orleans in thirty-five to twenty-five. Um, it was just everything. Everything about this game was just Saints, Saints, Saints. They forced three turnovers. They had zero. They ran for one hundred seventy-one yards. The Packers ran for forty, and that was just that was just the story. I mean, we 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 saw we saw a hyped-up Packers team do nothing, especially a team with the kind of. Uh, kind of confidence, I would say. Like Aaron Rodgers throwing a big fit about not wanting to um, return and then like kind of gracing the organization with his presence, saying like, okay, fine. I guess I'll play for you guys if you really need me, blah, 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 blah. And then he comes out and does that. I love Aaron Rodgers, but that was not the, the way to uh, kick off the year and have everybody defending you. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of a shock. Nice to see Jordan Love get in the game. Yeah. Went five for seven yards and fumbled. But, I mean, there's not much to say. This was just, wow, for, well, the Packers need to figure this out if they want to start winning football games. Other than that, Saints Saints are still legit this year. Okay. I, right. I, I, I'm not sure. It's been one game. I'm still it's been one game, but Jameis Winston. I know, it was a conv- I know it was a convincing victory, but – I'm still not 100% sold on Jameis Winston. I need another couple of weeks of, of I am. Uh, good offensive performance. You'll hear yeah, it right no. now. I'm buying the Jameis Winston train ticket. He's going to be a top 10 quarterback this year. All right. On to your Broncos versus the 
New York Giants. I'll let you speak first. I mean, there's not much to say. We're just the better football team. Yeah. We outpassed them. We outdefended them. We outrushed them, outsacked them. We out-everything them. You're the same amount of sacks, but yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I think you're right. Like, it all came down to coaching. Like, the Giants had a lead going into the fourth quarter. Or, sorry, no, into the – no, they never had a lead. Or, I guess they did, but um, well, seven to they three did in the second. But, no, they were just – the Broncos are complete, were just the better team. And, listen, they this score should be a, a lot different. It, it should be 27 to 7, not 27-13. Giants scored with zero seconds left when the game was over. Along with that, Broncos had some mishaps in the red zone. Albert O fumbled one time. Okay. But, uh, I think the biggest takeaway is this Broncos team, they're, they're, they're not playing around. They're not. No, no, I, I mean, I think you're right. The, the Teddy Bridgewater had was great. He The situational fo- uh, football, not turning the ball over. He had very, very solid stats. He didn't have to make crazy, insane hero ball plays, but you didn't, you know, against the Giants, when you when you have a comfortable lead like that, you just don't have to. The defense was great. Melvin Gordon was all right, but I think the biggest thing for me was the, the wide receiver core was interesting for Denver because Jerry Judy – uh, had a great game. It's just, it really sucks that they're gonna lose him for a couple weeks. What what's the timetable for his return? It's four to six weeks. But like, to be honest, I'm I'm really not worried. Judy goes down. We still have next guy steps up. Sutton, Patrick, Hamler, and Hamler had one bad drop. Besides that, Hamler is he's been great for us, and there's no complaining. Where about was Corlin Sutton on a snap count? Um. He was. He didn't. He didn't play every snap, but it, he he just didn't see the ball much this game, and that that's what happens. Some games. Some games you'll see the ball a lot. Some games you won't. So, so you're not worried about him only uh, having one catch? No, I'm, I'm not at all. He, okay. he he was only targeted three times. I don't think it's a big deal. But that's my point. Yeah. No. I know. I get that. But we like, were, and it's also we were running. A, that's a tiny target share. I'm just worried about that. I get that, but we were also running a lot of two tight end sets this game as we were playing with a lead. So. I'm not. I'm not too worried. I think the most impressive thing about this game was, I'm not going to get too impressive, but Von Miller's return, first time in two years, getting three QB hits, two sacks, three tackles for losses. Like, come on, you can't tell me you were yeah. expecting that. And that's without Bradley Chubb on his other side. Yeah. I mean, this the, the, this defense is going to be scary when Bradley Chubb comes back. Come on now. <laughs> Fair enough. Um. Yeah, but that's all I really have to say. I, all I'm going to say is, all bias aside. We're not messing around this year, Mitch. We're not. Yeah, well, if this team doesn't go 3-0, and you guys are frauds. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Talk talk to me when you win a week one game, okay? That's never going to happen. We both know that. And we have the best record in week one in history, so. Right. You're tied for it, sure. No, we, um, we, we have the best win percentage in week one. Oh, okay. I, I thought you meant that your 1-0 yeah. was the best in history. Oh. I, I didn't know. Anyway. <laughs> Um, All right, well, it is top the best in history, too. We can go with that, too. But we'll move on to your Browns, who uh, they, they the Browns and the Chiefs. But I mean, they had a great game. The offense looked just incredible. They scored every single drive until the third quarter. Yeah, when... and listen, I, I think the Browns are great. I think the Browns can be Super Bowl contenders. But nothing is going to change my mind from that. Baker Mayfield will always hold them back. Baker Mayfield will never be able to make the big plays that we see these other quarterbacks on Super Bowl teams make, and that's. Well, I disagree. I, I don't. We saw. I've it. seen him do it. I really? just didn't do it. Yeah. When 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 was it? Was his last game-winning drive against the Bengals last year? The game OBJ went down. 
Exactly, against the Bengals. Any quarterback can do that against the Bengals, Mitch. I, but you, you said you love the Bengals. I'm just saying. Last year. <laughs> I'm going to say, he looked, he looked great all game, and then it comes down to the game-winning drives. and. But he shouldn't have been in that position. There was just It was a collapse on all three sectors on – on defense, there was a, the John Johnson missed or just botched touchdown, the one play touchdown that John Johnson blew coverage. Jamie, you, you saw the, the special teams collapsed. Jamie Gillen on a fourth and thirteen gets buried because he forgot how to catch a football. Chiefs take over on their own like twelve or whatever the hell it was. Like it wasn't all on Baker. I agree. Like that was a horrible bad drive and that was just an unlucky pass. He's trying to throw the ball away, gets gets his leg ripped out from under him, throws a wobbly duck. Like, yeah, I'm not happy with him. That that sucked. I'm not gonna not gonna be sugarcoating it. But he had an absolutely phenomenal game prior to that. A lot uh Tony Romo and the announcers were calling it maybe his best game yet in terms of just accuracy and poise. Like he was absolutely phenomenal leading this offense. I know he didn't have any touchdowns. Like I get that, but he was phenomenal. He improvised. He was making every single throw they asked him to do was just lights out and then Nick Chubb fumbles. The defense blows the coverage. Jamie Gill, like so many things had to happen for us to lose that game that it's not all on Baker. I hear your point. We could have won that game, you know, like, and, and I, and I get that and you're not wrong, but it's against the chiefs and we shouldn't have been in that, in that spot. So I'm not too angry. I know Baker's capable of <clears throat> a lot better, but you're right. He's never going to be Patrick Mahomes. And I can say, I can admit that he's never going to be Patrick Mahomes. He's never going to be Aaron Rodgers. but to say he's holding the team back. I, if that's I your argument. The that, team back. I said, he holds you back from being Super Bowl contenders. Well, then I guess that every single team outside of the chiefs, the, the Packers, I guess the Bucks. And I think a lot of the other teams are well-rounded. I, I think your team is great, but I think a lot of those other teams that don't have those top-name quarterbacks have top five, if not top ten defenses in the league. And maybe you could argue your defense is top ten in the league. I'm not here for that right now. Definitely not after that game, no. But my point is, if you don't have a top ten defense in the league, you need a top eight quarterback on your team. You do. And that's that's just my opinion. And I, no, and I think this Browns team is very good. I think they'll – make the playoffs, win the division this year. Nothing tells me otherwise, but I just don't see them. Like, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to pick out a specific game, but the game when you guys played the Chiefs last conference championship once, and I, I'm not even putting that on Baker, but once Mahomes goes down and you're playing Chad Henney, that should be your game. It should be. I, I know, but what's it called? Baker, Baker Mayfield doesn't play defense. Yes, but Baker I, Mayfield also plays the same game that Chad Henney played that game. Baker Mayfield doesn't make big plays, and that's just honesty. Your, I, I, your team is based off your run game, and that is great. Ground and pound is great. I'm not disrespecting that, but Baker just doesn't do anything special in my opinion. No, I guess you're – keep sleeping. We'll see. It was a tough one for sure, and I, I think I think you're being – I think a lot of your points are valid, but I think that you're overlooking some of his great plays, and I think you're overlooking some of the things he has done to get to push a narrative. And again, the narrative isn't inherently correct, but you're looking to choose at it. Uh, to look at him pessimistically, I'm probably looking at him too optimistically. So we'll see if he proves us wrong. Either one of us wrong. All right, can we leave it at that? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll leave it there. I'm just Sunday football. Uh, this game is boring. I'm 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 gonna give this game like 30 seconds because I don't really care. Yeah. Matthew Stafford played how we expected. Um, the game went how we expected. The Bears still suck. The Rams are good. That's all I have to say. Yeah, exactly. All right. On to Monday Night Football. I apologize for all you Rams and Bears fans. I just 
couldn't care about a game that was this not competitive and put me to sleep on Sunday night. So, yep, I I turned the game off. On to game of the week. Um, we had the Raiders and the Ravens. Um, just everything about this game was excited from the Raiders putting together a drive to tie the game late to the Raiders being on the one yard and yard line in overtime, about to win, to throwing an interception, to forcing a fumble on Lamar Jackson, to kick to getting in the end zone for the win. Everything about this game just made NFL fans smile. And it reminded me a lot of the um, – I don't know if you remember it, but it was a Saints-Texans Monday night football game week one a few years ago when D-Hop was still on the Texans. Uh, Will Watts took the game in a field goal. It was just an instant classic. And you, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't ask for a better game. You can't. Yeah, it was 2019 week one. Yeah, Monday night football. Yeah. And uh, every – Everything about this game just made me smile. I mean, I, I can I can go on about. I, I am a Raiders hater, but yeah, Derek Carr. Looked they gave good. us the best game I could ask for, and Derek Carr showed that he can be that guy in the fourth quarter. He's been that guy his whole career. He's been one of the most clutch quarterbacks in his career, and he's made yeah. some of the biggest plays. And besides Matt plays. Stafford, I think I, I think he like leads the uh, league in game I think he leads the team. Yeah. They were in fourth quarter comebacks, and that's exactly what he did today. Uh, yeah. He had to outscore the Ravens by seven. What a game. He 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 put together – not only did he put together a game-tying drive to tie the game with three minutes, 44 seconds left in the fourth quarter, but in just 37 seconds, he was able to drive down the field and get his team a field goal to send it to overtime. And then overtime, aside from his pick, which I'm not going to put on him because if it's not for the false start by their so-called first-round pick, Alex Leatherwood, then – uh. They don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but um, exactly. all, 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 all respect to the Raiders, this this was a this was a classic. There's no and other this, way to put it. It was a tough game for Lamar. I'm not going to put it on Lamar, though, because Why? I read a statistic. Uh-huh. The pressure rate for Mahomes in the Super Bowl was 52%. The pressure rate for Lamar this game was 55%. So Lamar had to put on a Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl to a performance to stay in this game. And yes, it's not the Bucks defense or the Bucks secondary. But him having to face pressure every game, aside, I'm, I'm, I'm putting the fumble. I'm putting the fumbles on him because mm. he, as a quarterback, you need to protect the football no matter how much pressure you're getting. But I don't expect Lamar to go out and have the most insane game with that. Oh, no, and I think that's fair, but I'm just saying he was in the same spot as Baker. He had the game-winning drive, and he didn't do it. So, I, you know. Just I, I wouldn't say the same spot it. because Baker has a top three offensive line in the NFL. Yeah, that, but, they were playing, but the Baltimore Ravens were playing the Raiders. We were playing – the best team in the football, and so. Yeah, but the Raiders, yeah. the Raiders have one of the top edge rushers in the league, in Max Crosby. Ooh. Max Crosby. Yeah. I'm not sold on that. I mean, he's been playing like a top ten one for the past two seasons. So, okay. <laughs> Whether you're yeah. sold or not, the stats don't lie. Eh, agree to disagree on that. You, you, you can't really agree. He had, he had a good game, but I'm just saying. Whenever we covered the Raider, like when we covered the Raiders in our prediction, did we even mention Max Crosby's name? Like, I don't think so. Well, yeah, but when you have 10 sacks, four forced fumbles in 2019, then eight sacks, three forced fumbles in 2020, you're a top edge rusher in the league. Like, it's not, it's not hey, denied. He's talented. And week one, not... he has two sacks. Like, all right, dude. We shall see. He's a solid player for sure. I mean, he, he makes big plays, and that's what he did this week. Uh, yeah. It was uh, Carl Nassib with the biggest play of the game, though, for sure. Definitely. Um, but no, I'm not saying the Raiders are good, but you can't fault Lamar Jackson for not having the offensive line that the Browns have is all I'm saying. Okay. You, you, you can't. Mm-hmm. Can you? Like, you tell me. 
No, I mean, I guess not, but I just think that Baker's in a tougher situation there. Not really. Baker has the best running back duo in the NFL. <laughs> you can't – no, I'm not saying situation. I'm just saying in that – like when you compare their two last drives, I would say Baker was in the tougher spot. All right. Well, Lamar Jackson also put together a drive with six minutes left in the game to take the lead. Also putting together a drive to kick a go-ahead field goal with 30 seconds, seven seconds left. This game wasn't on Lamar. Besides mm-hmm. his fumble issues. The fumble was. If you're if, – listen, Mitch. If you're up three going up against the Raiders with 36 seconds left and you have to stop them and you can't, that's not on Lamar. Lamar was the only reason they had the lead. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't – I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and agree with you and put this game on Lamar. And that's just me. I'm not saying I put the game on Lamar. I'm saying he choked. But he didn't. He was the only reason they were in the game. You could make that same argument for Baker. But Baker wasn't the reason they were in the game. It was their run game. You know the fact that the running backs combined three hundred yards. Okay, and the running backs scored all the touchdowns. Yeah, because the. Raider, because the Chiefs have horrible red zone defense against the run. That's that's not on. It's not like Baker couldn't have thrown touchdowns. Like he kept them in the game. He had so many clutch plays. Anyway. Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay, we can agree to disagree. It's all good. All right. Um, with that said, we'd like to thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed that little debate at the end. Um, I know you all agree with me and think Lamar is better. So. I did okay. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. <laughs> um, with that said, thank you all for listening. Be sure to catch us in the next episode. I hope you all enjoyed and uh, have a great weekend.